Balotelli, Aguero! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Plastics Podcast. A show where three American wankers try to get ChatGPT to write the script for their podcast, but fail miserably. You're joined in the studio by Maddie Gaylor. Primary reason James Madison has started for England today. Most shot-creating, most shot-creating actions for one player today. Thank you very much. And you're also joined by Blair Lacrosse, chief engineer of the Balogun Radar. Ooh. Ping, ping. Ping. He's getting close. And finally, myself, Jacob Burke. The U.S. men raid the spice cabinet in a 7-1 win in Granada, showcasing an unusual team lineup, but an overall great performance displaying Hudson Ball. They now look ahead to El Salvador in Orlando to qualify for the knockout stages of the CONCACAF Nations League. This, and whether or not... Lauren Balogun is indeed the second coming of Christ. Your questions about divine reincarnation answered on today's show. An overall great performance, Jacob. They did score. I would say it's pretty good. I think any game where you're scoring seven goals is pretty good. They did score. They scored, yeah. And that was a bit of a hiccup, but we scored way more. Yeah, that's the key. You just got to score more than the, the other objective teams. of the game is to both not let the opponent score and score, and I think we did that huh. pretty well. <laughs> that would explain why Lester keeps losing. That would explain it. Yeah. Yeah. That that would. Well, you figure things some some things out just a little bit well, later than hey, others. You know, good news for us, we don't have to talk about Lester this episode. No, and yet I've decided to wear their jersey. That's true. You've done this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was the first thing I grabbed when. Uh, we said we were recording, and I had about 10 seconds to get dressed. Oh, well, I would have let you have 20 seconds. Wow, Gen- generous. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, pretty pretty great uh, game for the boys in Grenada. Grenada? Grenada. Let's go with Grenada once and for all. <laughs> but they're like more a Grenada, you know? A grow oh great gr- uno yeah because they didn't score nada they scored wanna they scored yeah. one. thank you thank you thank you you got it you got it nice. it's gonna be a, that's gonna be I our winning reel this week this episode Oof. is gonna be a quicker show today because Blair has a soccer game to get to yeah we're trying to make it out of uh, out of League Two so what? try to get that promotion. Can you tell us more about your upcoming match? I what? can't. I have no details other than where and when it's happening. You don't have... Is it five-a-side? Oh, I think it's seven, seven v seven. Okay. It's on a turf field. What? Do you know what league this is? No. Funly. Or, organization. Yeah, uh, that, okay. that organizes recreational soccer activities. Do you know who your teammates are? Oh, uh, I know a couple of them from kickball. You are horrible at this. If you, if you think this. back, if, if you've been listening <laughs> to this podcast this? for a little while, <laughs> if you think back, uh, we were on a kickball team, and that was mostly to make friends and show off our athletic prowess, uh, one of which we were successful in. I'll let you decide which one that was. I don't think we were successful in either of those things. We made friends. Well, And, we, and there was a trophy that was won. 
We won the glass boot trophy. trophy. Yes. But Blair has decided to join a second sport. Now, hang on, Maddie. uh, I thought you were also on that soccer team. Yeah, I'm a little hesitant still. I know, I know I said, like, if I make it through the entire kickball season without injuring myself, I'll join a soccer team. And then I realized that I'd actually have to join a soccer team and then not injure myself. So I'm taking it slow. I did buy a pair of soccer cleats and I am doing pickup games instead. Oh, where at? Uh, In our neighborhood. Okay. Have you done that yet? No, I found it last week and I realized I didn't have any cleats. And right now our super is holding them hostage. So I'll get them at some point. Ah, well. Nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. We got two burgeoning athletes here on the podcast. Maybe there's still a chance, however slim, they'll go pro. Mm. Jacob, what are you up to? I am not playing uh, soccer recreationally, seeing as uh, my career ended in a blaze of glory, winning the division in my senior year of high school. Mm. That was the last time you entered a pitch? That was the last time I played competitively, yeah. Like, actually competitively, not like pickup games. Uh, And I figured my peak was as a right back, and Mm. I know there's already a best right back in the world, and it's not me. Yeah. Um, That's Trent Alexander. Brian Reynolds. (laughs) Ooh, Brian Reynolds. Good transition. Speaking of Brian Reynolds, we had a a, a starting 11 this week against Granada that I think showcased an unusual back line. Uh, Joe Scally at left back, Austin Trusty, Mark McKenzie as a center back pairing, and Brian Reynolds, the Roma young talent that is on loan in Belgium, I believe. Westerloo. Yes, uh, and we had Luca De La Torre, Weston McKenney as a double pivot back, uh, Christian Pulisic as whatever he wants to be, uh, Brendan Aronson and Gio Reyna as some uh, wingers, and Ricardo Pepe as our out-and-out striker, and obviously Matt Turner at the wheel. Driving this whole ship. And uh, it's fu- <laughs> to, to preface this, uh, one, there's not a lot of stats on this game because it was done in Granada and it's not like they have the best source of broadcasting. They don't have a lot of like match uh, fact recorders. And also, we were watching the game at a bar, the mm. Fulton Ale House. Shouts yeah. out. Good little soccer bar. They air, they'll pretty much at, put on whatever channel you want. And But they also play a lot of like the Premier League, Bundesliga games, La Liga. Like they have like the little yeah. flags up all over the place. It's pretty cool. And uh, the issue was is that we were watching the TV and then directly <laughs> under the TV was the real show. A couple that was aggressively um, d- discovering each other. They were making out. Let's <laughs> Let's not leave that open for interpretation. They were making out. Yeah, Yeah. so it was a little distracting. Now, if you can picture this, there's four of us sitting on a bench uh, (laughs) facing a TV, not like across from each other, just facing the next wall over. And they're sitting directly under the TV. And like things would happen in the game. And we'd be like, oh, and then we'd look down and they had just started to make out again. So it was a really weird like, are we cheering for them? Are we cheering for the game? Well, we were cheering for the game, but we didn't want it to look like we were cheering for them. Because it really looked like we were just a seated like yeah. section of fans watching whatever was happening on the up. They were the only ones on the up- other side. There's a lot yeah. of face holding going on, mm, yeah. making out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just like... <laughs> 
So ten out of ten for them. Uh, the well, game, a lot of a lot of things we were cheering for because there were seven goals this yes, game. So yes. there was a lot of points and in opportunities the match where we would, you know, make some sort of exclamation. So uh, without further ado, uh, our coverage might be choppy on this because of that. So uh, I want to also preface that Granada, I think their most high-profile player was a League Two like squad player. They didn't have a whole lot of depth here. So they were always fighting an uphill battle, but this is our best result against them to date. And also the first competitive game that we saw Anthony Hudson display his idea of how to use this team. So without further ado, Blair, I'd like to ask you how, what your thoughts were initially just overall on the squad. Oh, um, on the squad. Yeah. I mean, I think it made sense to, go with i think the most notable well, i guess there's notable uh selections all across the pitch but the most notable selections were at the back right i mean the defensive line was pretty much entirely rotated from the world cup so we saw some fresh faces there so yeah i mean i guess that was kind of something to look out for in this match but you know evaluating match where you end up winning 7-1 against granada is i don't know you don't really learn a whole lot, um, I don't think, about your team. It's just kind of interesting to see some guys get some minutes, um, see how they play together. So, yeah, I mean, it was cool seeing Austin Trusty. I think Joe Scally we've had a little more exposure to than the rest of these guys. Mark McKenzie a little bit. Ryan Reynolds is uh, Jacob's favorite player of all time, apparently. Interesting to see that. I think that maybe they seeded a little too much threat to Granada, which wasn't a lot, but, you know, the goal that was scored, there was a chance that bounced off the, the post. They looked like a unit that really hadn't played much together, so I think that kind of showed. But, I mean, all in all, you can't really complain too much about how it ended in, on the field. Yeah, uh, Maddie, I know your favorite player, Walker Zimmerman, was not selected this, this go-around. And so yeah. we had to make do with this pairing. Uh, notably, no MLS players starting. Austin Trusty and Mark McKenzie as a center-back pairing. Maddie, thoughts? Holy, holy. Uh, they were very holy. <laughs> oh, like... Holy, holy. Like friars or They monks? were very porous, if you will. Ah, sponges. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a strong defensive showing, and I think if we faced anybody but Granada, there would have been a little bit more um, tenacious moments. Okay. Tension-filled moments. No, um, tenacious. Contentious? Tentiosis. <laughs> is tentious even a word? I don't think so. Sick. Well, I could. I'm going to make it I one. I understood what you meant. Yeah, we, we got it. Um, That being said, there weren't really that many points in the game. There was like two shots, I think, that they really had. The one that went off the, the post was a really nice shot, I guess. But... I don't know. I didn't really see anything like super convincing. They, as Jacob will tell you, uh, they did not play to Brian Reynolds very much. <laughs> yeah, this this team loved going down the left. They really did. They and were, is it just be, like that. the draw of Polisic on the left side? Uh, I mean, Polisic definitely was the best performer on the pitch today, I think, by some distance. And he was shifting with... Brendan Aronson, you know, in and yeah. out on that left-hand side. They would frequently, like, shift into the middle or to the wing. And when Pulisic was on the wing, you could really see uh, him and Joe Scali partnering up well. And I think Pulisic's performance brought out the best in Joe Scali this, this game. But, yeah, back, back to our center-back pairing briefly. Austin Trusty is a 
Arsenal prospect. Uh, he he's he's playing academy level, I believe, or he's on loan. Blair. He's on loan at Birmingham. Birmingham, Birmingham. and uh, Mark McKenzie is playing for Genk, I believe, all the way in it's... Belgium. So a lot a lot a lot of Belgian talent here, and uh, Mark McKenzie also I learned now is twenty four. He's older than I thought he'd be, but he's been starting most matches. Uh, just like the pairing, though, I think it was a little unconvincing at times. I agree with you, Maddie. I think uh, I suspect that. Anthony Hudson is saving his big guys for El Salvador in Orlando this Monday. Uh, so, yeah. you know, that makes sense. we'll probably see this entire back line shifted out for the, for El Salvador. But you know what I think? Uh, Joe Scali had a fairly decent game and I think he's getting way more minutes than Serginho Dest. I think that's something to think about because he's, Dest is not playing a lot for Milan right now. Yeah. I know he had a run in Joe Scally for the Burt Halter side. Didn't really convince well. And I will say he didn't play well. And I think this game, he looked a bit different. Admittedly, he had way more time on the ball, but he partnered well with Aronson and Pulisic. And then by extension, Pepe even further down. So, uh, and Luca. Yeah. And yeah, Luca de la Tour to some extent. Um, but we didn't see, uh, we didn't see too much of his counterpart, Brian Reynolds. On the we must talk about Brian. Reynolds. I know, I know. <laughs> On the small chances that did go down his side, he was very quick to get back. He fouled a couple times, but they were like weirdly light fouls, where like they were letting some things go and mm-hmm. some things not. So it was kind of confusing about what they were going to call or not. I thought he had a fine couple of tackles, and he is very quick, and I think reads the ball well. Yeah, he was I, in the right position to get past to. You, you mentioned it, and that reminds me, they didn't really, it wasn't too concacafy this game. It wasn't. I mean, there were some tackles late in the game where you're like, whew, that's, uh, that's studs up into the knee there, but. <laughs> I went Canadian there. <laughs> yeah, you bring out like your Minnesota or Northern like Michigan. Hockey player thing. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I just didn't think it got too dirty. You want to go, bud? <laughs> hey, take your gloves off. Let's duke. Wait, who's what? That's what? I don't know. The 40s gangster. Yeah, put him on. Hey, like a New Jersey hockey yeah, player. What's going just on? changing all these vernaculars. <laughs> you can have a place where I'm from. <laughs> you're right. You're, You'll you're, never know. Uh, you know, I was going to say the, the game was fairly clean as far as this goes. And, um, you know, not, not a lot of terrible tackles. And I, think, I think the ref had a pretty good grip on proceedings. Yeah, and that, I mean, we also just kind of outpaced them. We there, did. There was, we? there we passed very cleanly around them. We looked good. And then there was like, you know, the time where Pulisic was going down the left wing and he had five defenders on him. It was really cool to watch. It was so much fun. I mean, he lost the ball, but he still yeah. had the entire defensive line right there with him. Yeah, I do you think it's like a big confidence boost when he comes in and he just starts like duking guys left and right? Well, that's why I said he looks good in CONCACAF. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah, I mean especially against, you know, Granada, no it was no nice. offense to them, but they are like in the high hundreds, you know, ranking 128, 170 something. Yeah, this was this was a I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, but this was this was not much of a test. More so it was just like kind of a, a it was more of a friendly atmosphere, a, a scrimmage, if you will. It was, they, 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 we weren't really going. Like, if you watch a lot of our goals, they don't really look like we're moving at like a uh, fast pace. Like, the, especially in that first goal I was watching, it was like Pulisic is just able to just sort of switch it back onto his right foot and then cross it into Pepe. And Pepe really has no reason to be able to win 
the ball, the defender in front of him just falls over inexplicably, and then yeah. he heads it at like chest height in into the net. But there was not nice a header. goal. It was not a good goalkeeping display from Granada. No. I don't like. Don't. I don't think you should read too much into the score. But but, but isn't it nice to see the nine doing what the nine's supposed to do? Isn't that nice? He was standing in the right spot. But you do make a good point, but you can't glean too much. So. Let's flip that because we had a lot of good performances, but I think one notable absent performance here was one Giovanni Reyna. Mm. Didn't see too much of him on the ball. Ah. And in the same vein, do we take something from this game as a bad sign? As in, on the flip side, as good signs from, you know, say Joe Scali, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic? I mean, he had a few runs. He got tripped up in the box a couple times. Like, he was there. He, he was on the field. He was on the field. Um, Are you yeah, trying too hard? I don't know. I mean, what do you think the the group's feelings about Reyna are at this point? It's got to be like pretty pretty much the all-time low uh, or close to it, given everything that's transpired. I just feel like the dynamic there. I was surprised to see him starting, but maybe that was an attempt to bury low? the hatchet. More like, dear Gio Reyna, count me in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm still going to go with <laughs> Rowana was better. <laughs> no, come on. That was great. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. No, come on. Like, <laughs> it's not important. Uh, I think that, I mean, like, obviously, Jill Reyna's parents have, like, really. But but the thing is, like, do you think he's telling these guys, hey, I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not my, my dad's mouthpiece. You know, like I'm. I'm not. But is that like? Is that even? Can you convince somebody of that after the World Cup incident? Like, I don't think so. Right. Like, if you're uh, if you're moping and then all this yeah. stuff happens, I think you just. I it's mean, sort of hard to separate yourself. She was moping, right, and as the rumors have said, it was pretty evenly split down the middle as to whether or not Gio should get kicked out of the camp in Qatar, like at, yeah. at the at the ninth hour. And at the eleventh hour, which one is it? At the eleventh hour. Yeah, and so I guess. But the thing is, is that these guys grew up together in the youth systems, and he's you know got close relationships with a lot of these guys. So I I, I got I I have to think that yeah, you can be pissed at him if you're a player, but then you know he comes you you, you depart ways for a while and like tempers cool down. Right. But like yeah. it's still happening. Like th- these things are still coming out and people yeah. are still making remarks and they still don't have a manager and it's all just kind of I mean Greg's not there so said, like she the, said. the two sides like the, that that relationship isn't there to spark any fires, right? So I think it I think Probably it was m- thing. more <laughs> muted. Is it one or the other? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's to that extent, but I mean definitely the Will relationship play for Greg? Armed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't talk to the guy. So, <laughs> Blair, did you did you talk to him? Uh, no, I haven't talked to him. But I think okay. he would play for Greg. Okay. I think if you're going to be the manager of the men's national team, you have to be able to play Giorena. Um, I think that like it probably is bleeding onto the field a little bit and into his personal play more than anything. I, maybe not in how the team is interacting with him. I don't think it's like gone that far where they're like, hey, we won't pass to him. But all this traffic about him being super good and not getting playtime though, and then he doesn't really put in a, a good shift. Yeah, it's not off to a good start with Gio at the moment. Uh, I, you know, I mean, he's got a couple of World Cups left with this team. He's not going anywhere. Um, I mean, yeah, theoretically, said, he's got three more. Yeah, not, not a lot can be taken from this game. 
because it was just so one-sided. I think the only way, the only conclusions or the only way that you should have a reaction to this game is if it goes poorly, right? Like if you lose or you don't, if you, if it's like a close win or something, um, that's when you start to like sound the alarm. Winning seven one is like the least notable yeah. outcome that it's you could like, have happened. Okay, we yeah. well, next I, I don't know if it's the least notable because putting seven goals is the new high for this particular fixture. Yeah, it's not yeah, like it's, it's not insignificant. I think like I think this is a really good sign because it's the guys have come back and they're still. It's not like it immediately like we didn't we didn't end the World Cup on like a ship like the way Jack Sparrow was pulling into Harbor in the beginning of uh-huh. the black pearl. He's like pulling the water out of his ship, just trying to get to uh-huh. the dock. We, we, we got in healthy and then we're still okay. Yeah. Uh, now Reina was the only forward player that didn't score. Luca yeah. de la tour as a DM. It's not his job. Wes McKenney's an aerial threat. Christian Plissix, you know, the guy Ricardo Pepe's a forward. Brennan Aronson is like a tireless winger in this case. And Reina, I mean, as this like, I don't want to say American soccer royalty, but like kind of, you know, mm. does that, does that, is that fair? Sure. Uh, <laughs> if we can have it. Sure. Yeah. So I, he's, he's, he's accomplished so much in his career. <laughs> he did make us as dramatic. Well, okay. As how about this? Tim is literally us soccer royalty. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but I, I think, I think it's a bad sign is all. And I think, you know, he's not getting a lot of minutes after coming back into the Dortmund squad. So, uh, I, th- I think he's in a bad place. I personally don't think he'll start against El Salvador. Should we get into that? Uh, who do you have? Who do well, you have playing against El Salvador? Well, 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 we will get to that. I want to. Okay. I want to just finish up on this game because we talked about a lot of players. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about Alex and Diaz because I think a lot of people were saying, "Wow, this kid looks good," and he did score a goal as a sub in the 64th minute. Well, he scored. He came on the 64th minute. I think he scored. Um, in the 73rd. He looks very willing to shoot. And I saw a lot of the reaction to his goal in substitution in the uh, forums was um, how he is sort of the antidote to the trying to walk it in approach that sometimes plagues the men's national team because he will, he will shoot. Pull up. Um, exactly. So um, that's cool. Uh, he took his goal nicely. It was a nicely placed shot from outside of the box. I don't know if it had that, all that much pace on it. Um, again, the keeping situation was not great for Granada, but nice goal nonetheless. I don't know. Seems like a pretty promising prospect. He's still like, uh, we talk about this guy though. He's like 25 years old. He's not necessarily lighting it up this year for America. Yeah. He's not played a lot either. So he's 25. I thought he was younger. Well, yeah. Yeah. Some of these people, you see him like, yeah, that's a young guy. Like Daryl yeah. Deke, I thought he was much older than he is. Uh, he's, 22, but nonetheless, um, Taylor Booth, 21. We, we have this is, is a four, one, four, one appropriate. You think this, uh, I think played? effectively. Yeah. Cause McKenney was getting wet. Like he wasn't Very really staying forward. Back. Yeah. So we, it was really, we were relying on Luca De La Torre to clean things up. Um, yeah. And he did, he did an okay job. Anyways, any Matty Blair, any closing thoughts on this? Because Blair did make a good point. It's, you know, uh, Eunice Musa was good. Uh, he's very good. He's a very good player. And yeah, it was nice to see him. I hope we get to see him more in the El Salvador match because he's looking quite good at the moment and might be primed for a step up in his club career. He's just coming off of a really good World Cup and happy where, to see him. Play. Where do you, where would you see Yonas Musa possibly going to? 
There have been a few rumors. Maddie, where are the rumors? Let's hear them. Let's let's grade the rumors. I don't know if Jacob wants me to go on the rumor train, oh, though. No, to do it. Might as well just get it out of the way. Uh, a few rumors about him going to Liverpool. Care to comment? <laughs> just the silence that followed. Yeah, I don't know. I it's. Uh, I mean, we do need a midfielder. Uh, need a few of them, I think. And he's young. He's fast. Didn't, that was unnecessary. <laughs> he's nice. He's he's not like Speedy Gonzalez, but he's got an engine and he's pretty tireless. So that'd be good. It would be. I don't know if it would be a Liverpool signing. I think Klopp would have to do some work on it. And also, to be fair, I don't know. I don't really watch Valencia much at all. I don't watch Valencia at all, so uh, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not prepared to comment on whether or not he'll fit into the system. But it'd be nice. I'd buy a jersey. Yeah, that's that's really all we're in this for is the merch. Yeah, we're just we're just merch fiends. The, yeah. the we're just merch machines. Speaking of, keep an eye out. <laughs> we're gonna have some merch soon. Are, are, are you self advertising in the podcast? Yeah, I am. Okay, for our podcast, yeah, am I advertising that, for our podcast? Well, Typically, okay. <laughs> Maddie, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, there's a few notable uh, people that either weren't called up this time uh, or just weren't played. And I'm, 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 I'm clocking it. You're clocking it? Uh-huh. Okay, clocked indeed. Uh-huh. I think the MLS guys, you could probably explain that away without it being too serious. The season's kind of get kicking off. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just that they're not, I don't know, sending players. Um, t- for international duty or something to keep them in the camp and ready for their matches. Plus, like the the way this is going, like there's this is Friday night, right? That there was games this weekend in MLS, right? So like they would have just been yeah. missing games. It's not they didn't get their international break. Yeah, there's no international break. So, um, yeah, if you're a club, you're very much interested in keeping your good center backs around since they're probably going to be your best players. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I wouldn't read into it too much from the MLS guys, personally. I think we should read into it, but not right now, because we're going to talk about USA El Salvador at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday, March 27th. Now, uh, we currently, in the group, lead. In group four, it's USA with seven points, El Salvador with five points, and Granada with one point. And the last game for this group is USA El Salvador. We are ahead by two, so we need a tie or a win to go forward. So, uh, playing out for the tie or the win, what is your ideal 11 here, Blair? Um, Give me something to poke holes in. Wow. Okay. I don't really like doing ideal 11s with the men's national team. Okay, well, Um, your 11 then. I think we'll probably just see, like, Reem... Um, I think, I think we'll probably see dust. Um, will we see too much change after that? Maybe a little bit of Robinson. I think we'll see Musa. Well, will we see Musa though? Cause we're kind of have we're stuck in the pivot at the moment. I think without, uh, Adams, maybe not. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Robinson for sure. For sure. For sure. So, so w- let's see w- here. Which center back stays then if you're, um, um, I think it's going to be McKenzie. Okay. And then what what makes you prefer McKenzie over Austin Trusty? It doesn't make he doesn't I don't prefer him. Austin Trusty plays where Tim Ream will play. So, I think he just loses to Grandpa Tim. 
Um, yeah, so like I think it'll be like more of the World Cup lineup uh, as close as we can get to it in the back. Um, do you think Reina stays? Do I think Reina stays? That's the question of the hour. I I guess I do. Yeah, I guess I do. Okay, and so that would be a that would be basically the same front line for you. Um, pound for pound. Yeah, I guess it would be. <laughs> okay, so Pepe up front, Aronson and Reina as these wingers. Polisic shifting wherever. Musa in place of Luca de la Tour? No, I, I don't think so. Like, I, yeah, I don't think so. I think it, I think we've got to kind of stick with the pivot as it sits. Okay, um, de la Tour and McKinney? Probably, yeah. So it's really um, just this entire back line. The back line. And well, McKenzie stays, so it would be De- uh, Robinson, <sighs> Green, McKenzie, Dest, and then Turner? Sure. 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 Okay. Maddie, any disagreements? Yeah. I think Luca De La Torre comes off. I think Musa comes on. And I think Daryl Dyke goes in for Reyna. And I think... Daryl Dyke in for Reyna. Go on. Or, I mean, or Daryl Dyke in for Pepe. And Reyna stays on. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Dyke as well. But I don't know. I think... Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I think Dyke is in for Pepe, Aronson, Pulisic, Reyna, uh, Musa, McKenney, and then the back line, I, I would go with uh, what Blair said. Robinson, okay. Reem, McKenzie, and Dest. A Musa-McKenney pivot would be strange in my view. But, Why? Because um, there's not really a defensive midfielder between the two of them. Uh, so I just think that'd be kind of odd. Um they're like both players that really want to go forward but i don't know well maybe we're thinking along the lines of how greg might play yeah hudson seemed to love to go forward especially down the left yeah but you can't have both players that go forward right like it both sort of, of makes sense to have like the guy who's more of the holding player and one you're thinking practically i'm thinking cool so musa mckenny pivot is, do you agree with that? I think if you've given specific instructions to Weston McKinney, he'll do what he has to do. But I do agree he's naturally, if like he's a box to box and he's got like one foot in the one half of the field and the other foot into the you know forward half of the field, he's leaning towards the forward half when he's yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, but he I doesn't want to be left out of the party up there. I think Moose is a better facilitator. Uh, he's better at passing while McKinney's better offensively with like an actual ball threat. And so um, if we want to pass between El Salvador's lines, then I would want Musa. If we want to get above them and shoot or get on goal, then I want McKinney. What about Johnny? Johnny uh, in Johnny for Musa, and then Musa comes in for McKinney like halftime? Um, maybe. Uh, I, so... I don't know much about Johnny, to be honest. I think we should change this from what we think the lineup will be to what we prefer the lineup to be, maybe. Because <laughs> no. I think picking what the lineup will be yeah. is very difficult. Well, it, I mean, it is, but it's fun. We're, ju- we're just hypothesizing here, Blair. It's all speculation. I mean, I just did what I prefer the lineup I to want be, so. Horvath in goal. Okay. I want to see him take a pot shot at the position. Yeah. Well, pot save. <laughs> You have some good jokes, man. You guys, <laughs> you guys aren't feeling my yeah, humor no. today. Uh. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, so the U.S. are likely 
to qualify for the Nations League. And they have qualified for the Gold Cup, once again putting the U.S. boys in the summer of love for both competitions. Yeah. Our rapport this episode has been down. Uh, okay, well, any closing thoughts on the U.S. team? Because this is this is it, and then we can't talk. We have to talk about the Premier League next week. So, um, closing thoughts on the men's national team before before we get into Lauren Balogun. Um, has uh, okay. Uh, a- any shot? Is there is is there any shot that um, our our friend and current interim head coach? Tony Hudson. Tony Hudson. Thank you. Sorry, Tony Hudson. Page. Um, Tony Hudson. I I work on Hudson. Any chance that he takes over? Uh it's. Uh, I so the the real question here is does Greg leave, right? Yes. And I think if you've got players that like Greg, especially and, your star players. Yeah, especially the big boys like Reem or Brian Reynolds, then you want Greg in your camp. Um, but I mean, like, you know, Pulisic's did did make a mention of this and we just talked about it last uh, episode. But I don't know. I think, um, I think the U.S. Soccer Federation has a long and rich history of making the wrong decision. Mm. So I think there is a more than decent chance he leaves Greg? Uh, yeah. Okay. And if that's the case, then, you know, I wouldn't mind just letting it play out because we, uh, you know, it's no big rush to get another guy up and running immediately. Yeah. When do you have to have, like, the guy named by? I mean, you don't have to. Ever? If I mean, you just survive on interim? Yeah. I mean, it'd be dumb, but you could do it. It's it's, it's more just what when the when we feel when they feel they are comfortable to name a long-term coach right with, with like an actual four-year deal yeah. like looking ahead to the world cup probably don't need the full four years because the group is going to be pretty i think pretty much unchanged give we or take. have no idea what's going to happen from four years from now yeah i mean we might not even have a sport called soccer anymore it might be completely outlawed internationally um but yeah you could be doing a podcast and competitive skeet shooting yeah i think yeah that would be interesting actually yeah. um there's a I, there's a sport i was just Where did uh, that come from? i have no idea exposed to called the roof ball have you heard of this roof ball yeah 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 no um, is this played on like a roof of a, a house no it's actually underground uh. <laughs> so yeah it's a sport where you throw a ball I guess as high as you can onto the roof without going over the top of the roof. And I think it's a football. Um, this sounds like something I would play during recess. Yeah, yeah. So it is a football. So like, did you ever like throw the ball like on the roof and then play catch with yourself? Yeah. I used to yes. do this every now and then when I had um, no friends to hang out with. Um, oh, we're talking. So we're talking so like about yesterday. a roof on an incline. Yeah, yeah. exactly. An inclined okay. roof. Yes. Wait, you were just throwing balls onto flat roofs flat and roofs. hoping they'd come well, back? I was thinking during recess and my school had flat roofs. And you just throw balls up there? No, but you would see, like as a kid, you would see how high you could throw a ball and sometimes they would go over the roof. Okay. So I was thinking throwing it just up to the lip Oh, and then back down. Okay, I gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, 
Because, like, you know, you'd play wall ball during recess sometimes. You, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, someone like, would yeah. throw the ball at the wall, and then another person would try to catch it. But if they touched it and dropped it, then they had to race to the wall and touch the wall before someone else threw the ball at the wall or they were out. And I mean, I never played that. Uh, it was really fun. It was more like we were, we were the Gaga ball school, so. The, sorry? The Gaga ball? You've I, never played Gaga ball? Is, is this Lady Gaga inspired? This is not Lady Gaga, at least as far as I know. It's just like in a Gaga pit and you can't let the ball hit your feet and you What is can't, a Gaga pit? It's it's like an octagonal uh, wooden ring on the ground that like, you know, all you and, you know, however a, many friends I'm Googling on your- G-A-G-A. Yeah, Gaga ball. And uh, you can't let the ball hit your feet. And so you, and you can't pick up the ball. You can only hit the ball with your hands. Uh, and if it hits your feet, you're out. It's very intense. If it, so you're running around. Yeah. And so the, the, the object is to hit them, their uh, feet. Uh-huh. With the ball. Oh, it's a softball. Oh, it, okay. I've never, I've never seen this. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, for all ages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Blair, sorry. Continue about roof ball. Uh, I'm just watching it right now. There's a, there's a, there's a game that two, 2008 roof ball world championship part one is on YouTube. Um, I'm guessing both parts are there. They're about an hour long. It looks like. Um, <laughs> but and basically, yard? there's three guys. Ooh, yeah. One guy just threw it completely over the roof um, and didn't even hit contact. So there's there's three guys. And they are all taking turns throwing the ball on the roof. They're in somebody's driveway. I assume one of the three's driveway. Um, they appear to be hitting this exhaust vent on the roof. It seems like that's the aim is to hit that. Maybe you get more points. You can get multiple points per throw, but I'm not exactly sure on the scoring yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. So is it the higher y- y- the ball touches on the roof, the more points it is? I, I think so. But also they're definitely aiming for this. Like It looks like a Kishin exhaust pipe maybe. Um uh- and what's the shot inside the house? I don't know why they're inside the house. Maybe they're, Oh, the guy's walking through the house. Cause he had to go in the backyard to get the ball. The walk of shame. Yeah. It is really shameful. Mm. Um, it is fascinating. They have commentary what? and everything. Yeah. But this is 2008. Yeah. Like this, 15 years ago. And like these guys aren't dressed up to like play sports. Like this one guy's in jeans and a button. Yeah. Bag. These are all dads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're not really moving very quickly <laughs> to get to the ball. Um, it's, it's a, it's a sport that doesn't require athletics. So much no. as hand-eye coordination. Yeah. It's, it's a real, uh, low intensity. It's a sport. beer drinking sport. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fun though. I mean, I, I kind of miss roof ball. Now. What about a podcast that only focused on beer drinking sports? Ooh, like can jam, can jam, fun game, golf, would it be Brooklyn 2.0? I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, okay, well. Back to the actual yeah, podcast the, that we are currently hosting. Um, Florin Belligan, Blair. Yeah. Uh, he mm. has been called uh, by some people the best striker in the world. Who are these um, people? By other people, the uh, second coming of George Washington uh, to I think lead the U.S. to victory. Uh, by some more people, uh, Florin Balligan is maybe the the incarnation of beauty oh. and perfection that has graced our mortal world. Wow, that's I mean that's all true, but I don't know why we need to say it. Yeah. Um, because because Florin Balligan came to to Florida on a brief stint after not being called up to the England squad for this international break. And since then, U.S. soccer fans around the world have been freaking out. Okay. 
So I think what's notable, though, is that he was called up to the U21s for England, yes. and he withdrew due to an apparent injury. Then he showed up in Orlando, where the U.S. men's national team was practicing, and posted some cryptic stuff on Instagram. After all, we are in the Instagram economy. And... Um, did what apparently was a training session, which would suggest that he actually wasn't injured. Um, took some photos with Orlando Magic players at a game. Went to a Yankees spring training game. It seems like they rolled out the red carpet for him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it very much seems like we are making a push to add him to the camp. Um, very obviously, he's not going to be doing that uh, over this break. He's not making any commitments. Um, I think a lot of people are questioning whether he's just signaling to Gareth Southgate in the England setup that he's serious about, I don't know, uh, switching sides, changing allegiances, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think this is probably a good sign for us if we're really, really interested in getting him, and I think we should be. He pretty much fits our timeline. He's a young, talented striker, um, up-and-coming striker. He scored a ton of goals in league uh, this year. Um, I mean, he's like the kind of guy, the profile of player that a team um, like the U.S. men's national team desperately needs, I think. Um, and he could end up being very, very good in the future. So, you know, the development track there seems like it's very promising for him. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's good. Um, but I think also there's some interesting things that happened um, in the wake of him uh, coming to Orlando, uh, Gareth Southgate was asked about um, his apparent attempts to test the resolve of England, and he responded by saying that it's basically up to the player to weigh up where his heart feels. Um, Doesn't seem like he's courting him. Yeah, so is he prepared to wait a little bit more for an opportunity if he backs himself and feels he can push his way into our squad? Because anybody who has followed us will know we'll give young players a chance. So we cannot go and give first-team call-ups to someone just because we don't want them to go somewhere else. We like Flo. He has obviously not had an opportunity in the Premier League yet, so we have to weigh up those goals to Ivan Tony, for example, or Ali Watkins or Eddie Nketiah, who has done really well with the opportunity he has had at Arsenal. By the way, Eddie Nketiah, um, I believe, has uh, considered um, changing to Ghana, I want to say, um, and playing for them. Could be Nigeria. I can't so quite he, recall. He is named... Other, n- not, to, but like, albeit Premier League strikers that yes. uh, that are uh, that are ahead of him in like this fictional packing order that we're kind of like trying to divvy out for Southgate. Yeah. Um, to note, Faloran Balogun has had a better season than both Ivan Tony and Eddie Nketiah. Yeah, but Jacob, Jacob, he doesn't play in the Premier League. It's the premierest of the leagues. How does it stand up? Who is this one? Oh my. I this? don't know. Okay. It's just some highfalutin who thinks that the Premier League is <sighs> that much better than any other league, and you can't stand up when, you know, Holland comes into the league and scores 40 goals already. Do- like, th- you can quantify it they are playing the same game just on a different team in a different part of the world you're not better than everybody else wow that folks maddie takes a stand against uh perceived uh inferior competition around the world i mean he said well he doesn't play in the premier league great he's also had a really good season 
yeah, I, I do you think uh, do you think Southgate's playing some favorites here with Nketia and Tony? Because I, I know Tony's kind of been knocking on the door of this England squad for a while, trying to get in. Um, I think that there's probably some kind of internal pressure to maybe favor the English players playing in the Premier League, whether it's acknowledged or not. Um, sort of like how it was uh, reported that the U.S. was drawing guys from the MLS who maybe didn't deserve it just because it's the domestic league in the, the United States. Um, but also, like, Ivan Tony's a great player. Yeah. He's a more fully realized starting striker at this point than Fuller Balogun is, than Eddie Nketiah is. So, like, picking the, that player, it's not like he's reaching just because he's in the Premier League, you know? It'd be, it would be weird if he was going for, like, you know, a U18s player who had a similar minutes but, like, no goals or assists or something. Well... Or, um, I'm sorry, like an 18-year-old of a similar profile who is starting for a lower-sided club uh, in the Premier League. I know I have it listed on the sheet, but just to vocalize this, uh, Florian Balogun has uh, um, 17 goals this season, which puts him sixth overall over all five leagues in Europe in the domestic season for the league. Yeah. Uh, so that puts him ahead of every single... Premier League striker, barring Harry Kane and Erling Holland. Uh, he also has accrued the second most amount of XG, only ahead by Erling Holland at 18.5 XG. So wow. this He's is... He's taken a lot of penalties, to be fair, but yeah. He has... So if we look at non-penalty XG, he's fourth. Yeah. So uh, he's still ahead of Harry Kane in that regard. So well, yeah, one, Harry Kane, very efficient. But two... Yeah. Uh, he is having a very good season at a it's not like it's not like he's playing in France for PSG. So I think if you put these guys on like like he's playing on a fairly even playing field uh for Rems and so I'm wondering if uh this Eddie Nketiah thing is tr like cuz to me Ivan Tony makes sense when I try to compare Eddie Nketiah and Florian Balogun to me that's a more equal footing comparison. Yeah. Uh, and while Eddie Nketiah may be having a more higher profile so season, is he having a quote better season is the question. Um, no, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Like Eddie, Eddie wouldn't really have gotten the minutes he got without Jesus's injury. Um, nor would have but Balogun. I'm pretty confident in saying so uh, if he had stayed. So yeah, I mean, I don't think he's having a better season. Um, Eddie had a good stretch. Uh, I think he played suddenly a lot of minutes after playing not many minutes, and it started to show um, his finishing dropped off. Um, but he was racking up a ton of XG and doing a lot of the good striker things that you would expect. Um, I think Flo Balogun maybe has a little more to offer in his skill set. He's a bit more rounded. Uh, I think he can play wider, um, better than Nkedia could. So um, I think he does bring a little bit more to the table. But I do think it's fair to question like if Balogun's numbers in league, uh, translate super well to the Premier League or that kind of level. But um, yeah, go on. I don't think his I think his, his talent is definitely like not to be questioned. Um, he's, he's a great player. You did mention penalty goals. Uh, and I want to clarify because I think this is actually important. Um, Erling Holland has 10 penalty goals. Uh, awesome man has four. Harry Kane has five. Kylian Mbappe has five. Jonathan David has 10 and Balogun has five. So it's not 
Yeah, uh, in terms of percentages, it's pretty much the same across awesome. I mean, uh, Kane and Mbappe and Balogun. So yeah, not the, bad. I, I think for especially for a guy his age, this is really good. And obviously, you know, if he were a talent like Kylian Mbappe, that would be one thing. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not like we're talking about this. Um, we're, we're, we're talking about the reincarnation of, of this striker. Right. Yeah. Um, in the pre his, uh, divine ascension once he signs for the U S <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so overall, yes or no, does Balogun sign for the U S Maddie? Uh, Yes. Blair? Um, I think you've got to look at recent developments and say that it's pretty promising for, um, for the U.S. He's, he's a player who, while young, um, he is not... Uh, I'll say it this way. Players of his cohort are regularly playing and or starting for England. So I think he does feel, I'm sure, somewhere that he, given his season... Um, he feels that he should be getting first team uh, national team minutes, not U21s. Um, and I think that's fair. So I think that bodes well for the U.S. So I'm, I'm going to say yes, um, just because I think eventually he's going to want to start his true, fully fleshed out international career. His true form will be realized. Thank you for the thoughtful answer. Uh, not following instructions, might I add, but still thoughtful. Uh, no, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, it was well-reasoned. Jacob, and, yes or no? Uh, obviously, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, what, what was the thing is here, okay, just off the top of my head, Balogun. Yeah. yeah. Peppy. Yeah. Peppy. Ferreira. Yeah. Sergeant. Mm. Dyke. Mm. Peafolk. <laughs> and then somewhere out in space, you got you. Uh, um, <laughs> Jossie's artist. Right. Wait, he's still in contention for all of this? As long as Greg's there. Matthew Hop. No, oh, shit. Matthew <laughs> Hop. I'm, I'm seeing eight. Uh, I'm seeing eight uh, players. What, what about, if we go nine for nine? What about Vasquez, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just start all of our strikers? We can have a whole so, lot <laughs> I think I think our striker might have, this position might have the most depth Uh of any other position in the squad. What if Quality we just is a different fielded story, but yeah. 11 number nines? Yeah. See where we get. I mean, we get eight. We got we got eight number nines right now off the top of my head. We have two center backs and a goalkeeper. Done. All right. One ball player. That's obviously. our starting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, uh, anything to end on? This was a kind of a shorter episode, but uh, Blair, you've got a game to score a hat trick in. Yeah. Do you I'm have gonna... to leave in like one minute? Um, I, I think I have a little bit more time. Okay. I have one comment that I, I found this article before we started recording and, uh, it's really frustrating because it's, it's just showing the, I don't know if it's disillusionment that he experiences. Gareth Southgate, Southgate is concerned about the supply line of English talent. Oh, you mean delusion. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I just want to make sure. Illusion. is <laughs> upset because <laughs> The English players uh, in their percentage of playing time when he took over was 35%, and it's been cut down to 32. Are we, are we talking about in the Premier League? In the Premier League, because that's all he cares about. Um, well, the, the English have always kind of focused on the Premier League, and it's... 
I mean, this was a huge. Are you saying they're only concerned with themselves? <laughs> Why? <laughs> they're only like, it, it was especially um, early on when soccer was still developing in the 20th century. There was a big schism between the continent mm-hmm. and England, and that's kind of why soccer kept evolving. And there's in- no recent political upheavals to suggest <laughs> hey, that's still hey. continuing. <laughs> I did mention Brexit in this article. <laughs> And so, but but for those who are unaware, which might be some people that are listening to this, is that France and Germany and like, you know, especially places like Brazil and Argentina and like all these other countries, they kept refining the sport and the English were still like 4-4-2 huck it, you know? Yeah. That like the, the, you hear you hear the jokingly Brexit ball for a reason and it's mm-hmm. because the English have a very, very strict and sometimes simple style, but still effective uh, like the English physicalness of the game. And so when Gareth Southgate is talking about there's not enough English talent, it it stems from that thing where it's yeah. like the English need to be playing this way and like we need to see more English players coming in. And it's uh, it's not only a bit, um, it's, it's, it has to do with Brexit, but it also probably has to do uh, with, you know, with a, with a nice sprinkling of like racism in the league. And uh, I have, I have a one final question about this and it's, wait, wait, wait. what was your question though beforehand? Th- there wasn't, I'm just making a oh, comment. You're just about dissing article. Gareth Southgate. No, I'm saying I, I, I have a final question. I mean, question you are I'm dissing Gareth to. Southgate. I, I am, but I also have a final question <laughs> I am trying to get to. Okay. He makes a comment that says, I think we've got four left footed left backs in the league at the moment. So we will have to start looking in the championship or elsewhere. Yeah. He will go down a league in the Premier League yeah, thing the English football before premier. he leaves the English footballing premier. Is that holding back other English players from going to other leagues and playing? Is that um, is, is that a decision that they're like, <laughs> if I go to Barcelona, I might not play for the English team. If I go to Milan, if I go to all of these other places, does that make that decision for them to play for their international team different. Did did Tammy Abraham get called up? I don't think he did. No. No. Um I think if you're going to Barcelona, Real Madrid That's why I changed it to like Milan. I think or- yes and no, because you're seeing I mean like the obvious example here is Jude Bellingham being like touted. I mean like he he I mean the way we're talking about Balogun is the same way the English are talking about Jude Bellingham. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, they are head over heels for this guy. And it makes sense. He's a very good player. And he's playing in Dortmund, which, one, isn't the top team in Germany, but it's a high-profile well, team. But it's known it for, like, <laughs> cultivating this kind of talent. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but I think what, I think maybe what you're referencing are these tertiary teams. Like, if, if a player went to, uh, I don't know, Schalke, right, instead of, or, or, or um, like, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Roma. Instead of... Yeah, so like I think the lesser profile teams maybe because I, I think people the championship has a lot of great players still, and it's it's a very chaotic league, so I think it's harder to suss out whether or not a player is like top tier. But there is a lot of talent in that league, and I think if you were to compare like the MLS to the championship, the championship would butt out the MLS like nine times out of ten. It's yeah. it's still so telling though that he says championship or elsewhere. Like I mean, he, he was just. Maybe he was just talking, you know. I think he's yeah. just mad because he lost Matty Cash to Poland. That's it. Um, I do. I feel like the the cupboard's not bare in England. Um, oh God no. And so I think from the outside, it's kind of like, oh boo hoo. You know, I'm not going to cry my beer over Gareth Southgate's 
dwindling resources. I feel like the 3% statistic is interesting to cite because like, is that like a really like appreciable, like do, should we, like, would you care about three or 3% 3 drop? Especially when you consider the, the dynamics of the league changing a bit. There's, um, you know, there's, there's a little more specialization, I guess, in player positions. And I mean, we're in the five sub era where players could get subbed off early. So you're talking about percentage of minutes, maybe players who would have played 75 or 80 minutes now are playing 67 minutes or something. And so it's like, do you get to 3% just by that change alone? The Athletic says, uh, the wider trends do not provide significant evidence to suggest that the share of English players in the Premier League is declining at a notable rate. In fact, it's up from 2018 by 3%. Yeah, and it's not like you look at the current iteration of England's national team and go, Oh yeah, they're struggling for talent. Yeah. And I think like I think Gareth Southgate's been fine as the manager, but like the guy is like not necessarily rolling out like the what like I think people would I th- I think I think there have been England fans who have been st- struggling with or uh vexed by some of his um squad selection choices in, and I think people want to do the FIFA thing. They want all the good attacking players on the field and yeah. it takes a a good manager to uh, push back against that and, and to do what's um, workable. Um, but also, like, he's probably underperforming with the squad. Probably. Know? So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I f- it sort of to me, it sort of sounds like a guy who's like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we've had a couple of disappointing results in our last two major tournaments. Um, well, that's not my fault. We're <laughs> losing talent. Yeah, I do wonder what the average variance like for English players going in and out, like uh, it's a percentage of like the overall Premier League player pool. Yeah, it would be because if it's if it's plus or minus like five percent and three percent is nothing to so concern. Yeah, or I mean, raise your eyebrows over. Does Calvin Phillips going from a starting role at Leeds to a bench role at Manchester City like account for a significant number of international player minutes? I, don't yeah. know. I mean, you've got. Tammy Abraham moving to a different league. Like, I don't know. I mean, just like a number of guys who it's just sort of like, I don't know the, the way that the club dynamic is changing and evolving in the premier league. I think it's like that number is just like, yeah, it's just like a really weird number to be like, it's Oh, varied. we should be concerned. You think it would be harder for other players outside of England to get in with Brexit anyway, with like visas. Yeah. I mean, that was a big thing, right? Like they, they also mentioned to, that in the article. Yeah. They had to change the, the laws to, and like it was going to restrict um, the number of international players. And it's like players from certain countries can get visas easier than other countries, especially coming from like South America, I think. It's varied so. from 38, 39% to 32% since 2001. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think also a lot of managers will just say absolutely BS lines so they don't have to go and criticize the players themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a vague, there isn't enough talent. I mean, These yeah. guys ain't cutting it. Well, that's the thing, like... If, I mean, the biggest example I can think of is like Sir Alex Ferguson would literally say the exact same answer to every question. Oh, that's a Greg Popovich thing. He Love would that. just, he would just say it. It's like some, like he would, he would, in his head, he'd have this response. He'd just grab it and throw it. Yeah. Wouldn't even have to make sense really. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm not answering your questions because all of this is like a farce. I'm here to play soccer yeah. or mm-hmm. football or whatever. So yeah, uh, I, I think, um, also, Gareth Southgate is already contentious enough a manager as is, you know, whether or not you like the style, the guy gets you to at least semifinals in major competitions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
England are still perennially considered or, you know, whatever, continuously considered to be uh, contenders or favorites in whichever big international competition they're participating in. So it's, yeah, it's not like, it's not like a big deal. <laughs> like if you saw like a, a, a sudden, like after this golden era of American players, if you saw like a sudden drop off, I think that would be a concern because if you look at what we're, uh, you know, what resources we have available compared to a country like England where they have so much talent and proportionally, like... Well, obviously, the, we're talking about trying to get Balogun and he's not yeah. even a blip on the radar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, like, you think about just, like, the the, the numbers, we're a much larger country. Like, uh, you know, um, they're obviously uh, producing far greater amounts of talent than we are, like, per capita, you know? So, yeah. like, if we saw that drop-off, I think that would be an actual concern because we're going from... Uh, B plus squad to something else. They're going from like S tier or whatever. So I don't know. It's just kind of like, what, what are you doing here, Gareth? Yep. Come on, man. Well, uh, I, well, you know, nonetheless, we wish Gareth the best. Yeah, don't we? At the end of the day, seems like a fine bloke. Um, Maddie, anything other than that article to close on? Nope. Okay, Blair. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, pl- let's go win this match. NYC footy team. I think we're called. Darun is on fire. Um, <laughs> Martin Darun? Yeah. Okay. F.A. Darun is on fire. So I don't know where that came from, um, but let's go. Hey, good luck. Burn but, but, this but, thing but, down. But, but bring down Darun. <laughs> yes. Good luck. Cheers. And uh, yeah, uh, you folks, you can get us on uh, Instagram. You can get us on TikTok. You can get us on uh, Facebook, email, Telegram. Tinder, what? Yeah. Oh. We're, we're on LinkedIn Just now. kidding. <laughs> Plastics podcast everywhere. Jadis has a podcast. (laughs) We're a polycule. We will see you for uh, (laughs) for more domestic podcasts. (laughs) We're just three American wankers. (laughs) Press any button to match.